0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker. I'm joined by my partner, Evan Birchfield. We're here to preview the Falcons game in week 10 in Dallas against the 6-2 Cowboys. Um, Evan, first of all, how are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing great, TW. Um, Falcons are back at 4-4, four and four, or not 4-4, four and four, 500, but they are 4-4. Four and four. Um, And they are currently the 7th seed in the NFC uh, playoff race. <laughs> so things have... Uh, are looking up. Yeah. Coming off a big win against the Saints. So, I mean, no I don't know if there's been a a better feeling than what we're feeling right now in quite some time. Yeah.
0: Um, you can
1: sense some
0: optimism. Uh, I had to take a peek at my game preview because I've got a poll there. And so far, 67% of our readers think that the Falcons are going to win on Sunday, which would be Probably one of the biggest upsets of the weekend right now. The Cowboys are uh, more than an eight-point favorite going into this game. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the matchup, uh, where these two teams are at. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Falcons are coming off uh, an impressive win against a very good Saints defense um, in New Orleans. Uh, Last-second win, as we all remember, 27-25. Walk-off, uh, young waku field goal, closed out that game after – uh, a fantastic pass from Matt Ryan to the Patterson went for 64 yards in the last minute and one second. Um, it was the kind of game that gave every Falcons fan both nightmares and adulation at the same time. <laughs> uh, the the culmination of everything terrible and awesome about this team. Um, and here they are at four and four, as you mentioned, the Cowboys conversely had a bad Sunday last Sunday. Um, against a Broncos team that I think many people figured was going to get manhandled um, by the six and one at that point, Cowboys, Denver went into Dallas and punched the Cowboys in the mouth. They won 30 to 16. And honestly, it wasn't even that close. to that was
1: junk time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And those 16 points came a little bit later in the fourth quarter. So these two teams are coming in with a little bit different experience and you know Dallas is probably going to come in with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, a little bit angry after putting up that kind of a stinker of a, a performance at Dallas. Um, but as obvious, um, sometimes it's about who is going to be in the game. Um, so why don't you give us the update on the injuries because the, uh, the Cowboys have some uh, pretty notable ones going into this game.
1: Yeah, they have a lot more than the Falcons, and that's kind of been uh... – the the script every week, regardless of the opponent, the Falcons, you know, thankfully have been pretty light while their opposing teams kind of got a long list. Um, so this is Thursday's report, um, when we're recording it. So obviously Friday's going to give us the best outlook, but as of Thursday, um, limited participants for the Cowboys are Amari Cooper, obviously a big name. He's got a hamstring injury and Ezekiel Elliott dealing with a knee injury, um they're both limited but no participation um from Corey clement he's a backup running back he's just got an illness so it shouldn't matter uh tyron smith's a big one um he he's got back to back no practices uh due to an ankle injury um and then additionally uh randy gregory um was placed on the ir he suffered a calf injury on wednesday's practice um so he Obviously won't be there against the Falcons.
0: That's a big Looking loss.
1: At, yeah, it is. Um, and then full participants from like C.D. Lamb and stuff. Um, so they'll he'll be playing um, on the Falcon side of things. Um, just a couple injuries to to know. Uh, Stephen Means, who looks like he escaped a serious injury. I thought it was going to be something serious against the Saints. He mm-hmm. had the fumble recovery and just the awkwardness of how he fell um, when he was tackled. Uh, He's been limited with a knee injury. Um, If he doesn't play this weekend, at least, you know, the fact that he's limited means it's not like season ending or anything. So that's a good sign. Jonathan Bollard, he's limited with a concussion, but obviously if he's being limited, he's on the right side of the tracks. He's headed towards playing. Um, So that's a good sign after missing time being in concussion protocol. And then two non-participants, Kendall Sheffield, who's dealing with a hamstring injury, and Lee Smith, the blocking tight end for the Falcons, uh, has a back injury, and he's missed back-to-back practices. So those will be two names to kind of watch heading into Friday.
0: Yeah, I think for the Falcons, Lee Smith, uh, obviously pretty important in pass blocking. Um, Maybe not as critical in this game, given the fact that, as you mentioned, Randy Gregory uh, is going to be out for at least three weeks. Possibly longer. Um, and this is on top of uh, the Cowboys already missing DeMarcus Lawrence, uh, who only played in game one of this year and then uh, has been missing since. Uh, that leaves the Cowboys with their best pass rusher being Micah Parsons. He does have five sacks on the year, uh, but he's doing that from the linebacker position. Uh, he's being used more as a downfield linebacker instead of, you know, sort of the one in coverage that many people thought he would be used as. Um, but right now, that really sets back, I think, the Cowboys' pass rush. Uh, mm-hmm. And that could factor into how this game plays out. Because as we've seen with the Falcons, their offense goes as the offensive line goes. And if the offensive okay. line cannot protect Matt Ryan, they, uh, they generally have a bad day offensively. If they can give him enough time, uh, the Falcons have done a really good job of putting up 27, 30 points
1: Uh, over the past five, six weeks. So, Mm -hmm. um, Um, two, two big, uh, things to keep an eye on or not keep an eye on, but to note, um, Dak Prescott, who's missed time. He missed the Vikings game. And then obviously, uh, I don't know if it's, he struggled against Broncos, what the explanation for them getting like destroyed by the Broncos was, um, but he was not on any of the practice reports. So that kind of gives the idea that he's back to full health. Um, and then on the Falcon side of things, I think people are getting a little confused with the um, recent news about Dante Fowler. He's back at practice and coming right. and being designated to return. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that doesn't mean he's necessarily playing this weekend. Like correct. he technically can play, but he's got 21 days uh, since what Monday or Tuesday, uh, uh, Tuesday, I believe yep. Tuesday. So he's got 21 days for them to go. Okay. Um, we're going to, we're going to bring you back off IR and you're back to playing, but if they don't, which would be very surprising, then he would just revert. Like he would just stay on IR, but, um, there's no guarantee that Fowler plays this weekend. It's just, it's a good sign that he's back at practice. And that's why a lot of people were saying, why, you know, why isn't Fowler on the injury report? It's because he's technically still on IR. He's just not been activated.
0: Yep. With the new IR rules, um, I'm glad you pointed that out because that is an important distinction. With the new IR rules, the player has to be out at least for three games. Um, Then the team has the option of um, designating them for return. And what that means is that player can then begin participating in practices. um, But as you said, they're still considered to be on IR and it starts a 21-day clock. Once that player practices, a 21 day clock starts, um, and the, the team has the option within that, they can activate them anytime within the 21 days. So, in theory, the Falcons could activate Fowler this weekend if they wanted to. Um, now, to do that, obviously, that means you're bringing him back onto the 53 man roster. Someone else will have to come off, so they'll have to cut somebody to make that happen. Um, and if they do that, then it's fine. However, if they get to that 21-day point and they do not activate him off of IR, uh, at that point, he is actually considered to be permanently on IR for the rest of the season.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that distinction is important because more than likely, the Falcons know his health well enough to believe that he will be back within the 21-day window, um, that the knee injury is not serious enough that he needs to you know, stay out longer. Um, So we suspect he will be activated at some point in the future, but right now that's why you're not seeing him on the injury report because he's technically not part of the 53-man roster yet.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's a short, worth noting, there's a short week next week with the Falcons playing on a Thursday. So for some reason they didn't activate him this week, uh, this weekend. It could be you know, the recent practice time he's had getting ready for that Thursday. We just, you know, it's unclear right now. Exactly.
0: So that's why you're not hearing Dante Fowler in the injury reports. Um, and it, as of the time we're recording this, this is Thursday evening. Um, they could activate him as late as Saturday uh, to be on the 53-man roster. Um, but my guess, Evan, is he's probably mm-hmm. not going to be active. I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to activate him for this game. But I think the Patriots game, to your point, could be a little bit more realistic target.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, one one kind of giveaway is them having to travel to Dallas. Um, mm-hmm. usually IR players often don't travel with the team um because there's like no chance of them playing. So that could be something to watch. If he's not one of the, you know, if he's not going to the game, obviously that's the tell. But right. Uh so Saturday's probably the best day to kind of find out.
0: Yep. And we'll of course update that. At So let's talk about the matchups here because I feel like um, this is one of the more intriguing games of the season uh, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. The former Falcons head coach Dan Quinn is now the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Um, but before we talk about the Falcons offense, let's talk about the Cowboys offense and going up against this Falcons defense. Yeah. Because I'll be honest, this is what honestly terrifies me about this game. <laughs> um, as you mentioned, Dak, Pro- Dak Prescott, um, honestly, is probably having one of the best seasons of his career. He is in the MVP conversation right now. Uh, he is uh, just, you know, a- absolutely a stud at quarterback. And he has got a plethora. Of weapons, so
1: yeah,
0: you know, you look at the backfield: Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard is a great number two option at running back. These guys can beat you on the ground and in the air. They're both you know capable receivers, and oh my God, you know, you've got CeeDee Lamb, you've got Amari Cooper. I think they're going to have Michael Gallup back uh, this yeah. for this game. Dalton Schultz at tight end. Um, this is like, this is a ridiculously talented offensive roster. How do you feel about this one, Evan?
1: In my opinion, it, it, it's the best offense they've played, they're going to play probably this season on paper at least. Yeah. Um, and, and that says a lot considering they're playing, you know, they play Tampa, Tampa twice Bay, yeah, and the Bills later on. I mean, there's just no real weak link, um, on the ground. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, everybody's aware of him. Tony Pollard's like what probably the best backup running back in the league. Um, right now he's averaging five. Uh, a little over five and a half yards per carry, um, as you mentioned, Dak Prescott. He, it's just kind of funny thinking back to when it was like a question, like should they pay him? Like he's <laughs> one of the better quarterbacks <laughs> in the NFL. Um, CD Lamb's, you know, emerging young wide receiver who's, you know, big in fantasy football and stuff, obviously, but he's super talented. Um, Amari Cooper. <laughs> it, it, they just got a ton of weapons. Even when you go down to like Cedric Wilson. Um, right. Dalton Schultz. I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be tough. It, it, it's a very strong offense. It's just, they're very strong on paper. It's just, how's that going to translate onto the field? Um, I mean, going into last week, there's a reason they only had one loss and that was against Tampa and it was, you know, week one, uh, Thursday night, the first game of the season. And it they barely lost. Like it was 29 to 31 in Tampa. Um, they haven't had a ton of tough opponents coming into, uh, this week, but, right. um, I mean, on paper, their offense is terrific. So it's going to be tough.
0: Yeah. They've scored 29 or more points in five of their eight games, uh, including a four game stretch where they scored 41, 36, 44 and 35. Mm-hmm. Now that was against the Eagles, the Panthers, the Giants, and then the Patriots. Um, as you mentioned, not necessarily the, the strongest schedule, but they still put those points up and that matters. Right. Um, it, now, the thing that looms large here is, you know, they're missing left tackle Tyron Smith. And last week, um, you know, they had in his place Terrence Steele, who did fair enough at right tackle uh, when Leo Collins was out, but he struggled badly this past week at left tackle. And Falcons fans may remember going back to 2017, the last time we faced the Cowboys without Tyron Smith. Was the game where. Um, was it Chaz Green or something? Chaz Green filled in. Chaz and Green. Adrian Claiborne ended his career on the field with, <laughs> with six sacks in that game of Dak Prescott. What was so funny, uh, I was on a podcast this week, and the, uh, the writer that covers the Cowboys for the Athletic, um, we were both on there talking about this upcoming game. And he's, he said that even in Cowboys land, they still talk about that game where Adrian Claiborne had six sacks. So that game still stands out to them as Cowboys fans as well, which is hilarious to me. Um, I do not expect that to happen. I do not think James Waters is suddenly going to become Adrian Claiborne. Um, I did make a joke that the Falcons should sign Adrian Claiborne for one game. Um, And I'm actually thinking, you know, maybe that's not a bad idea, actually. Um, But honestly, the rest of their offensive line is is very talented. Uh, You've got Zach Martin he's the best uh, interior right guard in the league. Mm. Um, Layal Collins is a very capable, uh, you know, highly talented right tackle. Um, Honestly, their, their weakest link is going to be left tackle. Um, And Tyler Biadas, who is their center um, is he's okay. Uh, There's probably going to be some opportunities here. If Grady can get, you know, a one-on-one matchup um, to, to try to disrupt the middle of the pocket. But honestly, I don't feel good about the Falcons being able to disrupt this offensive line. Um, And, you know, AJ Terrell will probably match up with um, actually it's probably not likely that he's going to match up with CD lamb. If anything, he's probably going to match up more with uh, either Gallup or Cooper um, throughout this game. Um, And honestly, CD lamb is probably going to match up a lot against Fabian Moreau. um, And they're familiar with each other because Moreau did play in Washington last year. So, uh, yeah, it, it, I'm looking at this, Evan, and I'll be honest, I'm not. <laughs> I am not optimistic. Man. I can hear it in your voice, like,
1: oh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know. Good thing is Amari Cooper will be wrapped up, but uh, <laughs> CD Lamb. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the only way to really feel confidence if for somehow we could clone like. AJ Terrell ahead of this game and have like (laughs) two or three of them out there. Cause I mean, Michael Gallup's in a contract year, like he's been injured and stuff, but he's a good receiver. We've seen it in Mm -hmm. the past. Um, it's going to be tough. I mean, there's no way you can just stop all three of them, even if AJ Terrell locks down one of them. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not very excited, but again, the thing that goes for the Falcons in this scenario is when I'm not confident at all, like I was last week. <laughs> they outperformed themselves, and that's what happened last week. So I mean, hey, you know, maybe maybe that'll happen again this week.
0: Yeah, and look, uh, of these two teams, um, I, I think you can make a stronger case that Atlanta needs this win more than Dallas does. Definitely. Um, you know, Atlanta is they're they're fighting for their lives. Uh, to try to make the playoffs dallas is going to run away with the nfc east even if they lose this game like the rest of the nfc east is just awful the Mm -hmm. eagles the giants the you know washington they are all they're if the cowboys don't win this it will because they will they will have uh imploded that's what will have happened (laughs) um so right now that they can cruise to the playoffs. Even at this point, <laughs> we're not even halfway through the season, and they're going to cruise to the playoffs. That's how bad the NFC East is mm-hmm. right now. Um, so the Falcons may have you know a little bit more to play for. Now Dallas, this is their second straight home game. You know this will be the second straight game on the road for the Falcons. So yeah, it, it's from a defensive standpoint, like everything has to go perfectly for Atlanta to have a chance of just slowing down the Cowboys' offense. Like not even stopping them, just slowing them down. Yeah. Um. To to try to force like if if the Atlanta defense forces more than one punt in this game, that will feel like a victory to me.
1: Yeah. Long drives, I think, too, for the Falcons, keeping yeah. Dak Prescott off the field. Keep him off the field. Um. And then you know, if you're not creating turnovers, forcing punts, I mean, that's kind of obvious stuff, but uh, that's the truth of it. Um. It's a tough offense if they're just going to let Ezekiel Elliott run all over them, um, you know, that's going to be tough. So I think I think focusing on the run defense is one thing because that'll just open the pass for the Cowboys and you don't want them feeling comfortable being able to run and pass the ball. No. Uh, that's not a game I want to watch, so.
0: <laughs> no. This, this may legitimately be the most complete offense from top to bottom.
1: It is Great definitely team. on paper. Yeah. If they can get on the field every single week like they didn't last week, but if they can every single week, like they're they're one of the toughest in the NFL. I mean, it's yeah. it's a complete offense.
0: Yep. Yeah. And uh, as you mentioned, I, I, I would tend to agree with you. Tampa Bay clearly a cre- incredible offense. Um, I think Dallas is right there, if not slightly better on paper. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, good luck, Falcons defense. You're going to need it. <laughs> um, but there is another side of the ball that's the Falcons offense and going up against Dan Quinn in Dallas as their defense coordinator. We're going to talk about that, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
0: And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is David Walker. I'm joined by Evan Birchfield. We are previewing the Falcons game in Dallas in week 10. Um, And we talked about the Cowboys offense, very potent unit. Um, Let's talk now about this Cowboys defense led by Dan Quinn. Um, And they have been a better unit overall. However, I think there are some chinks in the armor and the... The thing that stands out to me is they are not able to get to the passer like they have been in the past. As we mentioned at the beginning, um, Demarcus Lawrence uh, hasn't played since week one. Uh, Randy Gregory, to to me, that is the most significant news uh, for any of the injuries uh, is on IR. So the Falcons will not have to face the Cowboys with their two best pass rushers. Um, And those are very good pass rushers. DeMarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory were one hell of a one-two duo. Um, That leaves Micah Parsons with the only – he's the only other guy on their team that has uh, any more than two or three sacks. He's got five on the season. Um, And we've seen this Falcons offense when Matt Ryan has time in the pocket, he can eventually find the guy and they could put up points. The Falcons over the past uh, five games uh, or past six games – have scored twenty-seven or more points every single time, except for the Carolina game. That's the only uh, the only exception to that rule. So, Evan, I, I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at their defense, and I see guys like Trayvon Diggs, who uh, is getting a lot of acclaim because he's got all of the interceptions, but he's sort of a boom or bust corner. He he reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of Robert Alford who would like either get a pick or let his receiver go for like 40 yards. And you know, that to me is what, who digs is right now. He's, he's either going to get you a big play or he's going to give up a massive play on the other side of that. Um, And then you see guys like Damante Casey uh, as one of their safeties, Keanu Neal, who's playing linebacker in this defense. Um, Javon Curse, who you know is a safety who uh, has shown flashes in the past but never fully delivered. Um, you know Micah Parsons obviously is a rookie linebacker looking pretty good um, I'm looking at their other corner Anthony Brown he's, he's a decent decent player. This is not a dominant secondary like some of the ones we've faced this year. How do you feel about this matchup thinking about Kyle Pitts Patterson, how they match up with these guys. I think there is a favorable matchup here for the Falcons. Do you agree?
1: I do. Um, You know, looking at the Diggs thing, he he does have the most interceptions in the NFL, but he's been targeted 53 times, which, I mean, that's a good amount compared to what AJ Terrell has been targeted Um, out of everyone in the league. Like that's everyone in coverage, Trayvon Diggs, um, he's allowed the most. Uh, yards and coverage 545 this season um, with Anthony Brown, their other corner allowing the second most 527. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can throw on them. Um, obviously Diggs has a nose for uh, intercepting. Um, so if it's not a good pass, but you know, I'll take Matt Ryan right now. He's been uh, efficient. I think his throws have been a more majority of them have been great over the last couple weeks. um so yeah, I mean I like the matchups. Uh I like how they've been using Patterson. Um I would like to see more of a, a ground attack um that because we really haven't seen that recently. I'd like to see Gallman in the lineup. I think the Mike Davis kind of thing needs to slow down. Um just because he's not he's not being what we thought he would be. Like I'll be the first to admit I thought he was going to be productive on the ground and he really hasn't been. Um last week's win kind of overshadowed it, but He literally fumbled the ball, almost causing a turnover right after the Cordero Patterson um, long catch, which would have broke the hearts of many. Um, But luckily, uh, someone else fell on it. Um, But aside from that, like, I like the matchup. Obviously, I'd love to have Calvin Ridley in this matchup. But, you know, we've got some other guys that are going to step in, uh, like Olamide Zacchaeus, who Matt Ryan seems to trust in the red zone. Um, Russell Gage being more of his going down the field guy, Tajay Sharp. I mean, he didn't have a great week um, last week after being the number one target the week before. Um, So maybe he bounces back in this game. And then, you know, there's still other guys on the roster, Hayden Hurst, who we haven't seen a whole lot of, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the matchup this week. I think the, the digs thing kind of scares people and he, he, he is talented, but he's a rookie. He's been thrown at a whole lot. And you said it like he's either going to make you pay or get it's going to blow up in his face. Like that's just how it's been this season. Yeah, he's
0: sort of the classic home run hitter um, Mm -hmm. in baseball. That guy who is swinging for the fences every single time. And yeah, he's going to pop like 30 out of the park. But then he's going to have like 200 strikeouts on the air. And, you know, Terrell is just a completely different corner. Terrell is just a guy that locks people down. Um, Terrell is allowing a ridiculous, by the way, 5.7 yards per catch, which is just absurd for a corner to be limiting uh, receivers to that little yardage. Um, Anyhow, uh, Mike Rothstein on his podcast on Thursday, uh, the From the Perch podcast uh, from ESPN, he had on Todd Archer who covers the Cowboys. One of the things that he mentioned in that podcast about Dan Quinn, and this is going to (laughs) shock, I think, some Falcons fans who were convinced that Dan Quinn is incapable of change. Um, Dan Quinn in Dallas is running almost primarily, almost exclusively a man coverage defense. Um, And this is from the same Dan Quinn who came from the cover three units in Seattle. He brought the cover three units to Atlanta. He very rarely moved away from cover three in his time in Atlanta Well, it looks like he's learned his lesson, and he's moved uh, almost primarily to covering uh, in in man-to-man coverage. I think that plays into Atlanta's strengths. Um, I I think that that is where Matt Ryan tends to win the most. We saw that last week uh, in that pass to Corderell Patterson where he identified uh, Patterson being in man coverage uh, against Kwon Alexander, and that was just he's going to take that every single time. Mm -hmm. Um, As big as Patterson is, you know, the the guy is, uh, he's a beast. I think people forget just how fast he is Um, and he can blow by most uh, linebackers and safeties in this league. And, you know, the same is going to be true for Kyle Pitts. I've got to imagine if Matt Ryan sees a matchup where Kyle Pitts has take your pick uh, KZ curse, Diggs, Brown, any of these guys one-on-one, Ryan's going to take that shot to pass. And the same will be true for Patterson. And I think that also means guys like Zacchaeus, Tajay Sharp, um, even Hayden Hurst, they're probably going to see some favorable matchups in this game. And if Dallas can't get home with the pass rush, and there's reason to believe that they will not with their key guys missing, um, this feels like a game that's primed to be a shootout. Um, if you love pant- punter battles, I've said this before. This is not going to be the game for you, in my opinion. Uh, which probably means this will end up like a nine to three game at this point. But, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm actually really bullish on this on both teams potentially going over thirty points. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the um, I think the sports books have the the over on this. at sixty. So yeah, they're they're also predicting like, you know, high-scoring game for this one. So um, what do you think, Evan? How do you think this one plays out on Sunday?
1: I mean, that's the thing is, like, when I'm confident in the Falcons, they crush me. But when I'm not really confident, that's when they surprise me. Um, (laughs) I'm not – like, I know we just beat the Saints, and that was amazing. But if you're comparing, like, Trevor Simeon to Dak Prescott, like, it's not even comparable. Dak Prescott just – just so much of a better quarterback. If the saints had him last week, I think that's a totally different game. Um, but obviously he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, we beat the saints, but, um, I, I can talk about that like for an entire podcast, just speaking the saints. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I want to be confident in this game. I think for the Falcons to win, um, obviously it's going to be keeping Dak Prescott off the field. And when they're on the field, forcing the punt, I don't know how that's, you know, probably going to happen. The chances of it happening, but you know, anything's possible. I'm gonna say if we're doing score prediction, I'm gonna say it's going to be like 31 24. I think I think it's going to be a you know pretty high scoring game. Um, and I'm gonna say the Cowboys win just because I picked the Saints to win. Unfortunately, last week and that worked out for the Falcons. So <laughs> I'll say Cal- I'll say Cowboys win. Um, but I will say this, if the Falcons, you know, lose, like if it's like 34 to 21, I think that says a lot about the Falcons, um, that they are maybe not like a, obviously a Super bowl winning team or someone who's going to go deep in the playoffs, but if they're able to kind of compete with this team, that's, you know, coming off an embarrassing, uh, loss against the Broncos and is, you know, redirecting their attention to the Falcons this week. Um, the Falcons who are, you know, without Calvin Ridley still, um, yeah, I think that'd be a, that'd be a big statement. Now, if they somehow win, I don't know what to feel because like, I'm going to be so confused by this team, um, <laughs> that just seems to win the games that you think they have no chance in. Um, but at the same, you know, token, that's, that's a great, great back-to-back victory. Um, if the Falcons oh, yeah. pull it out, so yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be a good one. As you said, uh, probably the highest scoring for the Falcons this season, just because of how the two offenses and two defenses match up. Um, but we'll see. I, I'm, you know, and then the other thing is like, I know last year and the year couple of years before that, it was kind of rough for Dan Quinn in Atlanta with the fans and stuff, but I'm happy to see him having success. He's a really yeah. good, uh, dude. Um, and, you know, Keanu Neal, I, I loved Keanu Neal in Atlanta. So I only wish the best for them going forward. Obviously yeah. I'm always going to pick, you know, be a Falcons fan first, but I do, you know, like to see them go elsewhere. Some of these guys like them and do well. So, um, you know, best of luck to them the rest of the season after this game, but yeah, hopefully Falcons squeak this out. Cause that would be, that would be awesome heading into a Thursday night football game against the Patriots.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I published my Week 10 game preview um, and predictions before we knew about the Randy Gregory news, and in that one, I predicted Cowboys 38, Falcons 28. Um, Mm. And I I think Randy Gregory being out changes the dynamics there a little bit. Um, I think the game's going to be closer because I I just don't think the Cowboys are going to be able to muster up enough of a pass rush um, to disrupt Ryan. I think if Ryan's got time, uh, he's he's shown. You give him time, he can slice and dice. Um, so I think this is going to be closer. I still think the Cowboys win, but I'm going to change my prediction from that article because of the Randy Gregory news, and I'm going to say this one's going to be Cowboys 35, Falcons 31. So hmm. uh, I think it'll be a shootout. Uh, I think Cowboys still win because they're at home Falcons second you know, week in a row on the road. Um, but I think this will be one of those games where the Falcons will get some attention um, and they can actually build some momentum off of it. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, but uh, I'm with you. I, I, I don't feel like they're going to win, but if they do, I think a, a lot of us are going to have to take a step back and try to figure out who the hell this, this Falcons team is. <laughs> I think the curious.
1: other thing too, if they lose, as long as they are competitive, this is a really, you know, young, talented offense we're going up against. Yeah. As long as they're showing that they can kind of compete with them, even if they lose barely, like what you said, 35, 31. I think that says a lot. Now, if it's like the Falcons are up 31 to 10 and then they lose 35 to 31, that's a different story. Um, (laughs) Or if they just get blown out completely. But I think, yeah, I think it quietly can be a close game.
0: Yeah, and especially I think when you go back to the expectations for these two teams, mm-hmm. um, you know Dallas is very well expected to be you know a serious playoff contender. Maybe not at the same level right now as Arizona, Tampa Bay, and L.A., but they're not far off. Like they're yeah. they're going to be in the mix in the playoffs. Um, Atlanta is going to be lucky to make the playoffs. So, um, and Atlanta is a team with a lot of roster issues, especially on defense. Mm-hmm. And if they can keep close with a team like the Cowboys, um, that will be actually a really good sign for the progress of what Arthur Smith and uh, Dean Pease are trying to do with this team and uh, in, in trying to rebuild it and retool it for the future. So I think we'll learn a lot about the Falcons on Sunday. Um, you know, what that lesson is <laughs> remains to be seen. <laughs> um, all right, Evan, on that note, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you what you've got
1: going on? Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield and everything at the Falcolic. Um, not a whole lot going on. Uh, just look at the injury reports. Um, and you know, just go to, the, go, go to the Falcolic.com. It's got everything Falcons related. Um, and follow the Instagram page, the underscore Falcolic Facebook page, Twitter page, the Falcolic, um, and yeah and oh and if you're new to the podcast make sure to subscribe um so you can get it weekly and that's you know you can hear me and dw do the post game and the previews
0: absolutely yes um and we will have some sort of post game after i I have no idea what to look forward to like uh this team is so confusing man (laughs) oh my god yes we will be back on sunday with a post game podcast as always Um, All right, as for you guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And as Evan mentioned, the articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So for Evan Birchfield, this is Dave Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk to you next time.